Hey everyone, it's Simon here, and on behalf of Maria and I, I want to thank you for checking out our podcast, and I want to encourage you to check out our website. On there we have all of our upcoming events, in-person services, gatherings all over the place, and if you're looking for a church in the MacArthur region, check it out. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, it's all there. We'd love to get to know you. Let's get to the podcast. Well, I hope you've been staying dry after all this rain, uh, which has just been crazy, the amount of rain. The other night I woke up, uh, would have been, gosh, three in the morning, four in the morning, with just the sound of just rain. I'm like, man, I haven't heard rain that heavy in a long, long time. It was just crazy. I hope uh, you've been uh, upholding our area in in prayer. I know there's been uh, some businesses and houses affected with with flooding, but I also hope that you've been jumping in puddles with the kids too, and 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 trying to have a bit of fun and enjoying this rain. Because before you know it, we'll probably be complaining that there isn't enough rain. That's just the way it works around here. Rain, not rain, fires, everything. It's just a wild wild country. So uh, last week we started talking about abiding in Jesus from John chapter 15, where Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. The English standard version says it this way, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, this word abide, remain, it is uh, translated from the Greek word meno. Let's put it on papyrus. That's how we roll around here. And the the definition of this word is to remain as one, uh, not to depart from. Um, So Jesus is encouraging his disciples, which is who he's speaking to in John 15, in light of what's about to happen, because right after this, the, uh, these big teachings to his disciples, Jesus is betrayed and crucified before their very eyes. So in light of what's to come, Jesus is encouraging them to remain in him. And that encouragement is also for us today as his followers. Abide in me, Jesus says. And we walk through the first 11 verses of John 15. And And we noted that in order to abide in Jesus, uh, we must remain in his word and prayer, uh, remain in his love with obedience, and remain filled with his joy through the Holy Spirit. Uh, Remain in his his word and prayer, meaning abiding in his words, in his words, in the word. Amen. Uh, He is the word. And abiding... uh, in those words, uh, not just what I'm saying of those words, but you going to the word yourself, abiding in his words, and then praying according to his words. And then number two, remaining in his love with obedience. Jesus says in verse 10 of John 15, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. And our obedience uh, towards Jesus is fueled by his love. Not fear or persuasion from a church leader, but fueled by his love. And his love is then poured out on us even more so as we obey him. Uh, And lastly, we are to remain filled with his joy through 
the Holy Spirit. Joy in the face of uncertainty. Joy in the face of trials. Joy that overflows out of us. Like this rain that's been happening, right? And all these floodwaters that have been flowing. Uh, an overflowing of joy. Not giddiness or ignorance to what is happening, but supernatural joy. And the definition of the word joy, when we study it, is to be filled with a cheerfulness, to have a calm delight. And it's a lot of it is a state of being. It's not just the state of, oh, I'm hopping around. No, no. It's being filled with cheerfulness. And I believe that we remain in joy, in his joy, through gratitude. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Gratitude and joy, cheerfulness in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, remain in me. That's what we're talking about. And today I want to start from where we stopped uh, last week, and that is in verse 12 of John 15. Let's read it together and see what Jesus says. It says this in verse 12. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Jesus says, love each other. And that's the title of this message today. Love each other. Uh, It's amazing how our relationship with God has an effect on every relationship we have on the earth. Uh, It's like we can view our relational life in kind of two ways. We have our vertical relationship with Jesus, like me and him, how I walk with him. I I know him. Uh, He knows me. He walks with me. How amazing is that? And then uh, that in turn affects my horizontal relationships uh, with my my family, my church, my work, my my even uh, my enemies. Uh, So there's this vertical and horizontal effect. And just as Jesus started to speak to his disciples about remaining in him, which is very much a vertical relationship thing, it's like the very next breath he's speaking about loving each other horizontal. And you can't avoid this pattern in scripture. And this is not the first and only time that Jesus brings emphasis to this. In fact, just two chapters before in John chapter 13, right after Jesus washes his disciples' feet uh, and prior to these long teachings and then his betrayal, he says this in verse 34 of John 13, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So this was so important that Jesus had to say it twice to his disciples in just a short period of time. What a weighty statement that your love for one another, not necessarily your love for Jesus, no, no, your love for one another will prove to the world that you belong to me. That's what Jesus is saying. The English Standard Version says it like this in verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So proof that I belong to Jesus is shown to others in how I treat others, and particularly the family of 
God, which is a huge challenge because as much as uh, we do talk about love a lot in church life, but it's more related to God's love, obviously, and or even uh, we talk about love as it pertains to love for a stranger, like love for the poor. But but uh, w- of course, th- both those things are super super important. God's love, love for for the stranger, love for the poor, even love for our enemies. But let's not forget what Jesus is talking about here, and, and he is specifically talking about love for the brethren, love for each other, fellow disciples, love for the family, okay? And that obviously starts at home in your family, and then it continues out to the family, uh, the faith community that you are part of, and then it flows on out to the world, of course. Um, and But if we are really honest, like, because we we do talk about loving the stranger, loving the poor. We talk about that uh, in church life. But many of us probably find it easier to love or express love to someone who's far away than we do to those who are really close around us or even in our own family. Uh, to love from someone from afar doesn't really cost me much on a relational level. Uh, it may cost me financially, of course, uh, to show an expression of love by giving to someone far away, giving to a cause. But love is more than a financial transaction, right? Husbands, you should know this with your wives. It's more than just buying a chocolate on Valentine's Day, right? It's much more than that. Now, uh, I, I, I think a great picture is that love is a little bit like sound in the sense like if I was to play my acoustic guitar, uh, yeah, there's a, a resonance to that guitar that reverberates out, you know, and the further you get away from it, yeah, you can, you can still hear it, but it is best experienced in close proximity. And this is where the rubber hits the road because real faith community takes place in proximity, right? And the closer we get to one another, the more the wrinkles start to show. And, oh yeah, we can keep up appearances for a a, a certain amount of time, or we can keep up appearances from a a distance. It's not hard to drop emojis in the church online chat and be like, yes, Lord, praise the Lord. But the closer we get to one another, and the more road we travel together, the more opportunities there are to be offended or be offendable, uh, to annoy one another, okay? Uh, It's always easy at the start, okay? This is what I mean by sometimes it's a lot easier to love someone from afar than to love someone up close. And I think this is important for us to note as a new church. And maybe even this could be a prophetic word for us in this season that right now, while everything is fresh, loving each other is easy, It is. Uh, Loving your new friends in church life is easy right now. Uh, Loving us as your pastors is easy. Uh, But we can all make a decision today to love even when it gets difficult, even when we don't have agreement. You know what I'm saying? And we can conveniently love from afar. We can conveniently love during the honeymoon period. But real love is not always convenient. Jesus says, love each other in the same way I have loved you. And Jesus' example of love was definitely not 
convenient. I mean, the limitless reach of God Almighty being limited to an arm's reach of a man, that's not convenient. Uh, The ceaseless energy of the creator of the universe being contained in an earthly vessel that needs sleep, uh, that's not convenient. Uh, And if carrying an old rugged cross wasn't hard enough, we'll add to it the weight of the sins of the world. That's definitely not convenient. My pastor once told us that love is measured by its willingness to be inconvenienced, which is a great quote and a great way to look at it. And it's not a surprise that Jesus says in verse 13 of John 15, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's the benchmark we're talking about here. The laying down of my life for those around me, laying down my pride, laying down my agenda. And it's not just for those who are far away, those overseas, the poor. It's not just for widows in Burundi or or those needing water in Cambodia. And it's not just financially, but it's also for those who are closest to me. Right? And of course we know that there really is no choosing between the two. We lay down our lives for those who are close and afar. But just today, we're specifically talking about Jesus' command to love one another, which in context was about loving those around us, right? Uh, He was talking to his disciples saying, hey, you guys need to love each other. You need each other. So what does love look like between us? Um, Is it just sending a text message? Yo, Illy, you know, like, or, or is it actually uh, something more significant than that? Well, there's a great uh, passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that speaks directly to this. Now, in context, um, the Apostle Paul is writing to a church in Corinth, and Corinth was a port town, and it was positioned in a bit of like um, a bottleneck, and, and we'll put up a map. Um, where people who were traveling or, or shipping goods would pass through Corinth um, and they would hire people to help carry their goods from one ship to another. Or sometimes they would even hire people to transport their whole ship. Uh, they would roll it along on logs. And um, um, so it was a bit of a, a transient town and it was known to be a wild kind of place. Not a lot of order going on, uh, frequented by like ex-military, ex-slaves and ex-sailors, which is a pretty lethal cocktail when you think about it. And in AD 18, which is many years before this, it was noted uh, by a Greek geographer named Strabo that the temple of Aphrodite had over a thousand prostitutes. A thousand prostitutes in one temple. Um, And there were common sayings at the time, like, oh, not every man is made for going to Corinth. You know, like sayings like this. It was like, hey, that's a while, you know, you know, like nowadays we say things like, oh, you're going to Vegas, you know, these kind of, it was known to be a bit of a, um, uh, a town where you just indulged in the flesh and, and, and did a lot of silly stuff. So, to no one's surprise, Paul is writing to this church about, guess what? sin (laughs) and order, keeping things in order in the uh, family of God. And because people in the church were committing like incest and stuff, because that's what the local culture did. Um, And, and Paul was having to teach them and they actually had written to Paul and he's replying to some questions they had about these types of issues. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes 
to about how the church is one body made up of many parts. And he starts to list different types of gifts that people have in the church, that God gives people, and different contributions that people make to the body of Christ, the church. And, he, and he's emphasizing that, hey, we need to look out for one another. Uh, we need There needs to be a sense of order here. We can't just be sinning and, 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 and betraying one another. Um, and we can't live like Corinth in the church of Corinth. All right. So, and then in chapter 13, he says this, which is really the big foundation for this whole letter of 1 Corinthians. And it's a very famous passage of scripture. Let's start from verse 1. He says this If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And this is the kind of love we're talking about today. Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church to love one another, to be patient, to be kind, uh, not to be jealous or proud or rude or irritable or keeping score of wrongs. He's basically saying to them, hey, don't live like Corinthian people. Live like Christ. Love each other as Christ would love and does love you. And Jesus said, love one another the way I have loved you. So we have a great opportunity today as a church, as a new church, to decide to be a community of faith that is patient with each other, that is kind, not jealous or rude, that is truthful, that loves as Christ loves. And you have a great opportunity today as you remain in Christ to decide to be a husband or wife, to decide to be a mother or a father, to decide to be a son or daughter that is patient, that is kind, that isn't jealous or rude or proud or irritable. That's a challenge, especially if you have toddlers (laughs) or, or teenagers, I've heard as well. But to not be irritable. I don't want to be an irritable parent where like, oh, it's like walking on glass when you're around me. No, 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 no. We want to be parents full of love, right? And we have the opportunity to be truthful. That's a big one. I want to be a truthful father. I want to be a truthful husband, not someone who just takes lying lightly. Oh, I'll just tell a lie here or tell a lie there. No, 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 no. Be truthful. To never give up on each other. I don't want to give up on my kids. I don't want to give up on my marriage. Come on. This is the opportunity that is before us as we remain in Christ, as we remain in His Word and prayer, as we remain in His love with obedience, as we remain filled with His joy through the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, We can now move on and love each other. And the two are inseparable. Remaining in Christ, 
loving each other. Like you can't just puff your chest out and walk around and look all super spiritual spiritual and lift your hands at church and act like the wacky tube man and be, woo, look at me, I'm, I'm super Christian, right? But then be rude and unloving and irritable, you know, and look like you're floating on a cloud of peace in his presence in church and then be rude and the drive home from church. Come on. There's an inconsistency there that we need to look at. We need to remain in Christ. We need to love one another is what Jesus says. And that can sometimes be the hardest with those who are closest to us. My last scripture today in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is asked by a, an expert of the law of Moses. He says this in verse 36. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. See that? Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So, remaining in Christ... Loving each other, they're inseparable. And the truth is that as we remain in Him, okay, it helps us, it fuels us, it empowers us to love one another. You want to be uh, a loving husband, like I was saying, a loving father, a, 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 a loving wife, a loving son, a loving daughter, filled with Christ-like love? Well, remain in Him. Remain in His Word. Remain in his love, remain in his joy. In fact, Jesus says it's impossible to produce these kind of fruits. It's impossible to love the way he has loved without being connected to him, without abiding in him. So let me pray for you today. And I hope um, I haven't been too direct and harsh, but the truth is, is we need to listen to what Jesus says. If we want to live to please him, we need to listen to what he says and live the way he has called us to live. Let me pray for you today. Lord, I thank you that we can remain in you. I thank you that the Christian life and living like you is not something we do by ourselves and in our own strength. But today we can live in your strength and your sustenance. As we are connected to you, we can live sustained, uh, led by you and the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just pray. I pray for every person, myself included, Lord, that we would just continue to remain in you and you would help us to love each other. Help us to love each other, Lord. Help us to live remaining in you and loving others the way you love us. And Lord, I pray for any person today who might feel burdened or, um, or convicted about how, about how they've been loving those around them. Lord, I ask that the grace of God would just cover over any sense of shame or hurt, but you would help us, Lord, to be better. You would help us to be more like you moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you have an amazing week. And if you are uh, in the service today watching or, or listening to the podcast and you want to know more about Jesus, you want to follow him, head to our website, um, on there, there's a connect with us button. It's a simple form where you can say, you can tick a box and say, hey, I want to know more about Jesus. And that gets emailed to me directly. And we can organize a coffee or, or a, um, if you want to catch up with, with, with uh, my wife, Maria, um, and we can um, answer any questions you might have. That would be awesome. So I uh, hope you have an amazing week. And hey, 
We'll see you next week at our next in-person service. We're looking forward to that. Invite someone. Invite the whole neighborhood. Let's pack the place out. And let's come early for coffee. Bless you. Have a great week.